This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Now let's get to Francisco Alvarez. Francisco Alvarez was option at AAA. I don't think that's a surprise. He has not hit in camp. He never really had much of a shot to make the team with the makeup of this roster. But Buck Showalter said this about Francisco Alvarez. Would Francisco Alvarez spend the entire year in the minor leagues? That was the question. And he said, I hope so. In some ways, that means we're doing real well and our catchers are healthy and doing well. I hope that's the case. He's got a chance to be called up in September. Anything else I said would be promoting the failure or the health of one of the guys that we have. And we like our two guys. They're in the top seven or eight. If catching in baseball, we're lucky to have both of them. I hope, I hope at some point Francisco is as good as they are. Obviously, the two guys he's referring to, Omar Narvaez, Tomas Nito. What do you think of those comments, Pete? So the first thing is obviously like, yeah, uh, you know, if the team is doing well and they don't need him, that's a good sign. So I, I, I get that aspect. But I really think that they just don't – I said it. I don't think he's going to play now at all the season. I think he's 2024 is the earliest you're going to see him. They don't want to put him up there at all. They're, they, whether it's for – defensive issues, which I think is the biggest thing. Also, he wasn't hitting. I just don't, don't think they, they think that he's ready. Yeah, I. Bucks says a lot of things, and he's right about it. Obviously, if Francisco Alvarez is called up before September 1st, something failed. He's, he's 100% right. Either the catchers were not producing or getting hurt, or the right-handed DH options were all just so awful and so bad Darren Ruff, Mark Vientos, Eduardo Escobar from the right. Like, take your pick. That they basically looked at him and said, oh, my God, we have no choice. Because I think if he hits the crap out of the ball and continues to improve defensively, he is still blocked from playing here because they clearly don't want to carry three catchers. I don't think carrying three three catchers is very difficult right now in a world in which you're going to carry 13 pitchers. Because that means you only have four bench pieces. And if you have four bench pieces and you have three catchers on your roster, two of your four bench pieces are taken up by guys that are catchers. So unless that catcher can play another position, it it really clogs your mobility or your flexibility is the proper word. So it, it becomes difficult for him to get up here unless something really, really bad happens. And my hope is something bad doesn't happen. As far as when and why they don't trust him, them going after Omar Narvaez showed us, and maybe we didn't admit it as fully at the time because I was still under the world of, well, you can make three catchers work. Here's how you can do it. This is why it makes sense. I think a part of why I always love three catchers was under the idea that I'm not carrying 13 pitchers. That's a big part of it. 
If you're carrying 12 pitchers on your roster, and now all of a sudden you got five bench pieces, you can further rationalize having three catchers on your roster, especially when you're probably going to use two of those guys every single game because you're going to pinch hit for your weak hitting catcher. But the Mets, like everybody else, feel married to the idea of carrying 13 pitchers. And if you're carrying 13 pitchers and you only have four bench pieces, it just, it makes it really difficult. It just makes it very, very difficult to have that kind of flexibility. So Alvarez is stuck. He is. And it it kind of stinks because I think we were hopeful during the offseason he could have been that big bat, that huge big bat that the Mets needed. But he's not going to come up here unless something really, really bad happens. And it's disappointing, but I think when you look at the makeup of this roster, it's also understandable. Yeah, and again, but that leads to bigger issues too, bigger things. It's like, you're right. It's understandable why they're not moving them up, but that continues to give me this pit in my stomach that the Mets are, what Billy Epler said and what Steve Cohen said, they're not trading their their, uh, youth. They're trying to build it. In doing so, they're going to leave as many down in the minors as possible. Now, I'm not sure if that's a financial thing or that's just them just really trying to keep them no, down there to grow as much as possible. I, I think in the case of, I think every, everybody's different. I mean, I don't think we can look at every young player who's not here with the same broad stroke of why they're not. I think in the case of Alvarez, it's being a catcher. It's being a catcher in a world in which you've got two hall of fame pitchers in the rotation. You've got a guy coming over from Japan. Who's making an adjustment. You've got brand new rules with the pitch clock where I think for you add all that stuff up, it's not just those things, but you add all that stuff up with him being really young, really, really young. They just don't trust him. They don't trust him to catch two, three, four times a week. They don't. And I think that they view long-term as it's better for him to learn than to just be up here DHing. What I had hoped uh, during the off season, I had said it numerous times is that Alvarez DHs two, three times a week. He catches two, three times a week. So he does both. So he's continuing to learn, except he's learning at the major league level. The Mets don't want that. That's what it's come down to. They they really want him to learn the position and get better. I am hopeful that next year he's the catcher on this team. Now, I don't know how much long. You're not going to have him have another year at AAA, barring some kind of major setback. I think that's a big part of what's going on here. They really wouldn't trust a guy that young and that experienced with a staff like this under these circumstances. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. That's fine, but eventually you got to cut the cord. And like you said, it's better to have him learn with the veterans, no? Like, this is the place he should learn. Like, we're talking about, like, I know that I, I hate to do the comparison of, like, hey, Aaron Rodgers is going to come in and Zach Wilson's going to learn from Aaron Rodgers. Yes, because he's going to be working with him. Right? That's the whole point is that you work with somebody and you learn. I understand. Listen, J.P. Aaron CB is down there in AAA, so he's had uh, professional you know, experience, but he's not the same as 
Tomas Needle, who's currently pitching or catching Justin Verlander and Max Scherzer. Yeah, but I think he would have to learn by doing it. And are they committed to catching him two, three times a week, which to me was the number. And clearly they're not. Now, will he end up here for unforeseen reasons? Dude, it's on the table. Because keep this in mind, as much as you value a catcher handling a pitching staff, if the Mets are going to get awful production from behind the plate, which is what they got last year, when you think about what McCann did, what Nito did, their catchers last year had an OPS of 569. Their catchers last year hit 217. Their catchers last year hit seven home runs in total. If the numbers are as bad as that, which basically means Tomas Nito does the same thing he did last year in the 88 games he played, and let's say Omar Narvaez doesn't bounce back the way we're hoping, that could change things, especially if the rest of the lineup is struggling. But Buck's right. If any of these things happen or a guy gets hurt or they're getting no production right-handed DH, that's not good. Like, we're not sitting here hoping that bad crap happens, except in one area. And that continues to be a theme as we enter the final week of spring training. Darren Ruff is still here, and Darren Ruff is sucking as much as he's ever sucked. And I have to admit, Pete, I made a grand prediction to you a while back. He won't be on the team. He won't be on the team. He won't be on the team. Darren Ruff is not going to be on the team. Don't worry. Well, Darren Ruff played on Wednesday or on Tuesday, I should say. Not Wednesday. I get my days confused. On Wednesday against the Houston Astros, Darren Ruff played. He played third base, uh, first base. He went over three. It dropped his batting average to 130, which is essentially what he hit last year for the New York Mets. I'm starting to get, not losing confidence yet, Pete, but I'm getting nervous. I mean, I... I'm starting to get nervous that we are a week out from opening day. He has shown nothing, nothing. He's hitting 130, and yet Buck talks about, yeah, yeah, he's going to face those lefties. Yeah, he's going to be out there. And that will piss me off. That will give me a bad taste in my mouth going into opening day for an administration and a group that I want to trust and I mostly like. They won 101 games last year. I've mostly liked the offseason outside of the DeGrom debacle. And if Darren Ruff is on this roster after this kind of spring training and what he did last year and the way Beatty and Vientos have performed, boy, that would be – that's a tough pill to swallow. And and I promise you, I swear, I will not say I told you so when he's on the roster. <laughs> I won't do that. But this is one thing that bothers me because it's funny how quick they were to cut ties with Robinson Cano because it wasn't their mistake. But if this is their choice to bring in Darren Ruff, that Billy Epler made that move. And it's just the stubbornness of, of people in high positions that there's a reason why we brought Darren Ruff in. And God, we're going to see it. Even if it's for a week stretch, I'm going to show you that he can actually hit the ball off a freaking left-hander. My, my my question would be if they continue to have that attitude, like you said, Pete, and he's on the team and he is the, if he's on the team, he has a role. And that role is he is the right-handed DH against left-handed pitching. How much time do you give him then? You know, he's had a bad spring training. He was bad last year. You also have internal options that have done really well. 
Beatty is a little bit more complicated, but we'll get to that again in a, in a second. And obviously, Mark Vientos is the simple one. Vientos is just the guy. And he's mostly out of good spring training. How much longer do you give him? Like, if he starts the year on the Major League roster, do you give him three weeks? Do you give him a month? Like, how much more crap do we have to watch before they finally say, okay, we got to take our L. This isn't working. This was a really, really bad trade. I bet I bet two months. The reason why two I say that months. is because I the reason why I say that is so frustrating. But the reason why I say it is because there's gonna be some sort of injury. They're gonna give him at least a month. There's gonna be some sort of injury that keeps him and prolongs him to be on the roster for an additional month. If by two months he still hasn't hit, then he's gone. But by then he'll catch fire for like a week or two, Ugh. and they'll be like, "Oh well, we're justified." Look, this is who we told you he was. Well, and that's the problem, dude. You know, it sucks. You know what really sucks? So on opening day, the Mets are going to take on Sandy Alcantara. And so he won't play. In game two and game three of the series, I'm assuming they're going to throw Jesus Lazardo, a lefty, and Trevor Rogers, a lefty. So we, we're going to see Darren Ruff, potentially if he makes the team, if I'm wrong, back-to-back days. Uh, you got Vientos and you got Beatty. Yeah, I guess you have Tim LaCastro too, because it does look like Brandon Nimmo is going to be ready for opening day, which is really surprising to me. I I don't know if it was being negative, but I thought when he went down with that knee injury uh, last Friday that he was done. I really, I really thought it was going to be bad, and he's doing agility drills. He's working out in the outfield. The Mets are hoping to get his bat in the lineup this weekend, final weekend of spring training. So it certainly feels like, Nimmo's going to be ready. He may not play every, every, every day, but it looks like he's going to be on the roster right outside the gate, which means, as we've talked about all year, there's one roster spot. And if it's Darren Ruff, it's Darren Ruff. If it's not Darren Ruff, it's Mark Vientos. If it's not Mark Vientos, it's Brett Beatty. And if it's not Brett Beatty, it's Tim LaCastro. Though, once you keep this in mind, if the Mets are going to go six-man rotation right out the gate, they could keep David Peterson and Tyler McGill in the minor leagues to start the year. They could keep them down and then recall them before they make a start. So it is possible that the Mets could have 12 pitchers, five bench pieces, which would allow you to keep the right-handed DH plus Tim LaCastro. Now, that's a temporary thing because eventually you're going to have to call up the pitchers that you want to have and eventually you're going to have 13 arms. Though I'm hopeful that they don't have 13 arms. 